Welcome to Slaying the Sale, a podcast full of practical real-life sales lessons that you wish you learned in business school. Your host, Kyle, is a two-time best-selling author, creator of the Slaymaker Method, and in each episode, he and his guests will be answering the tough questions around sales, lead generation, and all things business to help you transform your sales mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Kyle Slaymaker. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slaying the Sale. I am your host, Kyle Slaymaker. I am very excited about who I have sitting in front of me on the screen today. A good friend of mine, uh, to be quite honest, he's probably part of the reason why my business is where it is, thanks to some gentle nudging. Um, But I'm going to introduce him as best as I can, and then I'm going to definitely kick it over to him for his own introduction, because... I usually suck at him. So, Mr. Jeff Jean Acavo, if that's the best way I can say it. There you go. That was pretty good. I even gave <laughs> you the cheat sheet. So, you didn't, yeah, you didn't hit 100 off the cheat sheet, but you got 95 there, which is. I know. I always, I always get so good. nervous. Yeah. Like, yeah. no matter how long I've known you, everybody's like, how do you say his last name? I was like, I think you do it this way. And I tell everybody like a different thing. So, well, if you take the second G out, everybody gets it right. Jean Acavo which that was a, the second G was an Ellis Island insert. My, uh, one of my uncles, I forget which one now, um, did the research and uh, found the, found the ledger book from Ellis Island and it was a Ellis Island insert. So I've grown, I've grown up with it that way. Some of my uncles have dropped it um, in honor of the old country, but anyway, that's, that's yeah, kind of like Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue, right? Like Janakovo. <laughs> that's just the that's the cross myself and my son's bear. And I've just decided I'm gonna carve out a path in life where that name becomes known. Oh, oh man, we're not even two minutes in and you're dropping some good stuff. I love that attitude. Yep. All right. So Jeff, I have known Jeff for a few years now. Uh locally, he is very well known as the co-owner of Gardner's Mattress and More. Um the store is a powerhouse in central Pennsylvania. Reader's Choice Readers, yeah, Reader's Choice Awards for LNP 13 years in a row. 13 years um, in a row. Yep. He's also owner of the Big Ticket Life, which I know we're going to get into. He's the owner of Signer 57, which is an incredibly cool brand. Um, so we've got a lot to talk about. But Jeff, hopefully I've done at least a little bit of the justice for you. Yeah. But please finish your introduction. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think when you start rattling off businesses for people, we'll just kind of jump right in I, with, uh, with one of the things that I focus on, you know, when, when I think listeners hear somebody that's got three, four businesses, cause there actually is a fourth and then there's a fifth advisory position and then some other stuff I do, but um, it, it becomes, I think there's some skepticism out there in the world because how could somebody possibly have four specific business interests uh, and, and, do justice to any of them. And the reality is I've always worked to put myself uh, into that investor seat role in all of them uh, to where I'm not, uh, you know, the partner, I'm not uh, the lead salesperson. Um, I'm not the chief anything. I want to be the investor seat, the, like the board of investors, like a public company has or a large entity has, I want to operate like that and think at a very high level about each business and then bring in a great team around me to, uh, to execute and be, and be and share in the success, be a part of the success, share in the success that we all have. 
So that's how I approach that's, it. That's a really good point. And I guess I never really thought about it, but yeah, I mean, you, you do hear people, you know, almost at any age. I mean, I think we, as a, you know, we'll say the 40, 35 and below crowd, uh, when you start, like you said, rattling off businesses, it's, it is almost like you're giving yourself a stigma. So right. that's, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. I mean, look, if you're not going to chase that investor seat as a business owner, whether it's one, two or 10, um, if you're not going to chase that investor seat or grab it and sit in it and really own it, then what are you really doing with the business? Right. Yeah. Um, now, you can have you can have people that are, that are successful. Um, this is what I do with like Big Ticket Life, the kinds of businesses and clients I work with, the integrator types that really run a great tactician, you know, typically like a service, a big ticket, low frequency of purchase type business. Um, you can run that business really well, like from an integrator type mindset, disc profile, right? Um, but those folks always, they do well, they have profit, but they always are, you know, th they hit success because of how they operate. They don't hit success because of who and what they do. That's who they serve differently and uniquely, if that makes sense. So like the integrator type, they're going to, they're going to do well because they extend the life of their service trucks and they, they, um, they pay okay, but they're always in that price commodity realm of things they can't see the forest through the trees those are the kinds of people that i help in big ticket life and that brand and that business but if you're not jumping into that investor seat and you're just kind of running a business and you're happy to make what you're making and it pays you well and you can expense some stuff and push the limits of tax code and 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 i've always come across these are the people that say i'm unemployable and it's kind of worn like a badge of honor um you know, well, that's cool. Like I get it in my wholesale career. I came across a lot of store owners in the furniture and mattress space that said that, and those that I could work with and help coach. Cause I sold them things. And my advice came along with the commissions I generated and what they bought, you know, they did okay. They did better, but ultimately I pushed three or four of them into just shutting down their store because they just didn't have what it took to run and own their business. And actually it was the best thing for them. It was the best thing for their families, the best thing for their kids. I mean, like I had a guy literally who just couldn't see it. And I, I got my wife on a, on a video call. This was like 2010 when video calls were brand new. And I just walked around the store with my laptop turned around. I said, what do you think of this store? And my wife seriously said, I would fear for my personal safety in that store. You know, and the guy was just so in his own way. And I just pushed him and pushed him. And finally, he ended up going to work for Raymore and Flanagan as a manager and then ended up at another great regional store up in the northeast part of PA. And he's doing fantastic. He's saved his marriage, saved his relationship with his kids because he just, that's what he needed, right? He needed to be in the right spot. And so I always challenge people to find that right spot. If you're committed to ownership, business ownership, entrepreneurship, shifted into that investor seat is really important. It's very interesting to me because, I mean, you know, you've, you've known me since, you know, that first year when things started really happening um, mm -hmm. and we, you know, I jumped on Lancaster connects with you and Ben. Um, but 
Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that progression for me kind of, it was always kind of there, especially with, uh, is it in with me being part owner of is it in? Um, and then when I was, I was, I, I was in the same room as Adam Lyons, uh, when he was speaking to a bunch of up and coming entrepreneurs. And I remember mm-hmm. watching him and listening to him. And I was just like, it's, it's genius. Like this guy's got, you know, plenty of money, you know, we'll, we'll put it that way, him and Jeff Ducharme. And it's, it's like that, like, that's what they love doing. Like they love being in that investor seat. They love being able to take businesses, turn them around and then sometimes getting out. Right. So it's, oh right. man, I didn't realize that progression was happening with me. So good for you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like I was, um, I was commenting yesterday, uh, a friend of mine, uh, personal friend, close personal friend. He also represents some some companies that we work for. He does a podcast show produced by the same producer we use. You know, so we try to try to support one another on our shows when we can. We don't always have that time to jump on live because um, we do live shows. But um, uh, you know, the, it, it came up talking about um, uh, how ClickFunnels bought the Dan Kennedy business. And if you you know if you know Dan Kennedy, Bill Glazer massive information marketing, business coaching, consulting business that spans decades. Dan Kennedy is a personal friend, mentor of mine. And, you know, the, the value in buying that business and what Dan has done is he, he was in that investor seat really since the early 90s and has sold his prolific basis of work, I think, four times. But get a load of this. The, the first time was like the sale to Bill Glazer. But then every single sale thereafter, if they wanted Dan's IP, it rode along. And he got a cut from second owner to third owner, third owner to fourth owner. Oh, that's genius. Now, you, I mean, that's like the investor seat of the investor seat. Right? <laughs> that's, like that's the halo around the investor seat, which is that's- just... You know, the art of deal making, that is fantastic. So the lesson there, like if you're listening, right, the lesson there is don't ever constrain yourself in a deal to what you've heard or what somebody's done or what somebody tells you, because, and that's as right as rain, real as the day is long, that has happened. And, And I get on that tangent about Kennedy, because the reason that was bought by ClickFunnels was because of the list the customer list, you know, I mean, this isn't knocking Dan, he would know it. He would be, he would give him, give, give the current product a fair grade. He'd go listen to the podcast. It's not great. Cause it's 20 year recordings from stage presentations. You know, it's not, it's not like this where it's modern day technology, right? So, you know, podcast to podcast, audio to audio, which is the only part of the media that matters audio. It doesn't really stand up, but it is Dan. And if you committed to learning and learning in that media, learning through that discipline of direct response, you'll, you'll go through it. Right. But the reality is it was bought for the list because that's where the value is. So when you think about the, your business value, you got to think about how do I create value in that business? And so much of it's the list. Man, I had no idea he did that. I mean, that's four times. (laughs) When you think about it, like for anybody listening out there, like Jeff said, you don't, don't constrain yourself, but have the foresight. Like if, if you have that foresight to realize, hey, 
I'm going to be smart enough. Every time this thing gets sold, I'm getting a percentage because he, he knew that it was going to get built and built and sold and built and sold and built and sold. Yeah. Well, he was, he had the, the foresight he had. So that whole business, and this is, this is the Tony Robbins business. This is the Robert Kiyosaki business, right? Like tell me a time anybody says the book, rich dad, poor dad, without dropping Robert Kiyosaki's name, 80% of the time, the two are together. Right. So Kennedy had the foresight to say, you know what, this business is a personality business, right? Which is kind of like the worst business to have because you can't scale yourself all that well if you're a high personality driven business, right? If people are buying you, how do you get yourself out of the frontline fulfillment customer satisfaction business? It's kind of hard, right? You got to think very intentional about what you build, the culture you do, the format that people work with you, how, what they get. But he had the foresight to know the sustainability would always be the Dan Kennedy name. And that's why he struck the deal. He struck time and time and time and time again. That's, that's interesting. So, I mean, obviously in, in our line of work, right? So we have, you have the big ticket. Um, I have the Slaymaker method. I wrestled for uh, a little bit last year um, or this year on changing my name because you know, you brought up Tony Robbins um, yep. and I, I know it's either he's a love him or hate him kind of guy. Uh, I hated him until I watched him. Right. right? <laughs> that's, that's how it was for me. Cause I was like, this guy's crazy. He's full of shit. And then I watched him. I was like, no, he's really effing good. Like right. he's really good. And then I looked at it and uh, a mutual coach of ours said, you know, look at, look at Tony Robbins. He's, he's amassed this. I mean, he, he's worth 600 million. So the guy's he's amassed an really empire. Yeah. yeah. But what happens when he goes? Well, the, the reality is what he's done is he's taken a page from Kennedy and he was a Kennedy disciple. Um, Kennedy actually uh, helped him get on Guthy Renker infomercials. Um, so he was a Kennedy student. So taking the page out of expanding your personality through empire building is, is the answer to what happens when Tony Robbins should pass on. And let's, let's hope he lives a very long life. Right. Um, but it's, it's cementing that name. And, and, you know, I said, it's about building that culture, building that process, building that fulfillment, that it's really good while using your name and representing that brand. I'm glad we did this. <laughs> I, yeah. I needed to hear this right. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, there's, there's a lot of people in today's modern marketing society that go back to Kennedy. It was, Oh it's yeah, been absolutely. So, it's been so cool to get to know him over the years. I actually invested back into him just recently. He's doing a little, uh, little mini masterclass type thing from his, from his home office, you know, his, his health struggled. He almost died. I mean, there was there were reports of his deaths. It spread like wildfire through the internet that Dan had passed away, and um, there were it was the, he had never passed. He was very close. Like I, I wrote a letter to be read bedside from his family to him, you know, because when you pass, your hearing is the last to go, and it, you know, it can make your make your transition into the afterlife more peaceful to hear positive things. So myself and hundreds and thousands of others did the same. 
but uh, he has made it through it. And, and this course that I'm going through now is just some of his best work yet. It's amazing. And that's, that's so, you, you want to talk about fulfilling and, and really delivering to your customers over delivering at that point. I mean, when you consider where, like you said, where he was at and I mean, Dan's been around for a very long time. It's been phenomenal work. I mean, nonstop. Yeah. That's, and that's somebody that loves what he does too. Like he oh, yeah. loves it. I mean, could yeah. you, I, I know I would love to be able to say at the end of my life that I don't want to say I was still working, uh, but I will say, I'd like to say that I was still delivering because right. I love what I do. I yeah. absolutely love what I do. Yeah. Um, I, I had a whole bunch of questions I wanted to ask you. And then they just went out the window when we started talking <laughs> about Dan Kennedy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and maybe as you think of it, I mean, this is why at the, in, in the gardener's business where we're doing the slow roll around rebranding the company to sleep elevated. Because that's really what we do. We elevate your sleep, right? Like who's, who's gardener? I'm not. Ben's not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's we, have, we, we have, yeah, right. We have some of the time people think Ben is Jim's son, but, you know, Jim, Jim and Sharon never actually had children. Um, so, you know, if we ever want to really build this thing, um, we need to think about what that's like because gardeners outside of central Pennsylvania doesn't mean anything as a local no. family owned business, right? But sleep elevated can be a local family, can be, can be a family owned business and that empire can yeah. be pretty big, right? So, so that's, that's the position for us. And, and it's just thinking about thinking about those things and being very intentional about them that matter. Yeah. I, I think that we're, since we're on the subject of, of gardeners, um, one of the things that I've always been impressed with you about or impressed by you with is your customer experience. I mean, nobody, I, I will absolutely say this and put it up against any business, uh, especially in central Pennsylvania your customer experience from the minute you walk into the door of gardeners to the, I mean, even well after your mattress is delivered is phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's, it's heralded. I mean, you had to, to tell the listeners a story. Um, so I've been in both of the, the gardener side, right? At first I was hanging out with Pete for a little bit. I'd be in the store every now and then checking some stuff out. Uh, and then I purchased my mattress from your, um, your outlet. That's where I ran into Sweet Lou, who's now a good friend because he's just yeah. Who who by the way, since this is a sales focused podcast, he's doing a going out of business sale in Alabama right now, and um, he uh, he did four hundred thousand dollars in a, in the first month. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> to, to my listeners, like this guy was. As a Chicagoan with a Chicago attitude and swag, Alabama, in oh sweet home God. Alabama. My, my wife and I walked in, and this was—I I want to say—it had to have been pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had I think it been. was like 2018. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, my wife and I walk in, and we honestly had no idea what we were looking for. We didn't know what to expect. The last time I walked into a mattress store, which was a local mattress store. I was looking at a bed and the salesperson said to me, are you sure you can afford that? And I was like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. I'm done. Oh, Turned around and walked out. is so terrible for that. 
Yeah. So that's, my wife that, and I walk in. Oh, God. Yeah, the, the can you afford that? We'll pick up on when you and Miss Elizabeth walk in. The, the only one that tops that is uh, this, this came from Sleepy's. I can say it because they're dead and their lawyers are all retired now. Uh, dead as a brand, that is. Um, uh, they had a little, and I saw it in the training, training book, uh, a literal line to say, oh, you don't want that. The customer that just came in before you, they bought that for their dog. Oh, that's rough. I kid you not. Oh, my God. In print. At the time, uh, across 700 or so locations. <laughs> I can't believe they are where they are. So anyhow. Oh, my God. But yeah, it's, it's and, and here's the coolest part, right? So, so Elizabeth and I walk in and Sweet Lou stands up from behind the desk and I, I'm immediately like, oh, God, I can see the commission breath on this guy. He's going to come up <laughs> and just like, he looks like, every used car and mattress salesperson you've ever seen yeah and yeah yeah, yeah. he yeah, walked up babies yeah yeah it would be it would be sweet <laughs> lou so he had he had the shirt on and he had like three cigars in his pocket yeah and he's he's coming up and he's 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 talking to me about do you like firm do you like soft? I, I don't know i got a bad back and he answered all my questions and he out of nowhere we just started talking about cigars he was talking to me about his hot dog cart he was talking to me about all this stuff and and it was just one of the most unique and intimate experiences with a salesperson i ever had because sweet lou is so effing disarming yep. like he's amazing and, and yep. when jeff and i first connected um to go back to the customer experience thing right that was the part it was the first part of it, it was my experience to sweet lou um and then the delivery people came and they were fantastic, absolutely consummate professionals from the time they knocked on our door to the time they left. It was fantastic. Yep. Uh, and then I ended up on your podcast and this is now years later. And I mean, guys, seriously, like at least two years later. And I, I met with you over Zoom to, to talk about being on a podcast. And Jeff said, yeah, you bought the so and so mattress. Fourteen inch gel hybrid. This, how the hell do you know that? Still, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I actually looked it up before we got on the show. Oh, finally, finally, up. the truth comes out. Um, well, every, but, you know, every it, single sale in our company goes to my phone. Good. See, that's that's something that's that people pulse, can learn, right? Like investors keep a pulse, right? They they don't do the sutures. They don't they don't prescribe the the preventatives. They don't make sure you're doing a lapse to stay healthy. They, they check the pulse, right? So every single sale in our company comes through my phone. That's, that's such a great, especially in a, a product-based business like that. I mean, that's, yeah. that's genius. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so, I mean, let, let's just parlay it right into it. I mean, 13 years in a row, Reader's Choice Awards from Lancaster Online or Lancaster Newspaper. Yeah. How, and I know you, have you, you haven't had gardeners for 13 years. Uh, no, we haven't. Um, we bought it in 2011. Uh, Jim Gardner the, and Ben and the team there, they won it in 2010. So from 10 to 22 is 13 years in total. Uh, so we picked it up and, we, and we've carried it on every year thereafter. Um, and and it, is, it is a legitimate contest because actually our ad spend has gone, you know, well, it's gone down. 
it's it, it's gone down. Um, I mean, at one point we would we would spend six figures plus six figures north of six figures on advertising with them, and we don't do that now. Um, we might do I don't know twenty grand a year, if that. Um, yeah, it's probably that because the we always do a big Reader's Choice Award magazine package. Um, that's that's probably twenty five percent of the budget right there, but. Um, but yeah, it's a legitimate contest. There's there's some that, you know, depending on how much you spend, you get you get first place, second place, third place. It happens more often than you know. Yeah, that's that's something that always bugged me. And this is for the people that are like really just starting out, just getting their feet wet in the you know side hustle, solopreneur, entrepreneur, you know, lifestyle. Um, you're gonna get flooded with people saying, oh, yeah, you can get nominated for this award. You can be in our magazine. It'll be great coverage. And then you're like, oh, hell yeah, let's do it. And it's at $500. It's, it's some amount that will just break these up and comers and it breaks their spirit too. So I think there's something to be said about those awards. And I think in Central PA, between LNP and the Central Penn Business Journal, I don't know of really any other publications out there. I mean, aside from like other newspapers that are doing awards like that. So it's, it's cool that, that yeah, they're out LNPs there. not I, like that. I mean, I can, I can attest in central Pennsylvania over the years, there's been two that have mailed me the second and third place plaque and have said, if you begin advertising, you can use this. <laughs> and, oh. you, and, and let's talk about how we get you to first place. I'm not going to name names, but it's happened I, twice. God, and, that's horrible. Like it's, yeah, it's a, pretty, it's pretty rough. Especially as business owners, like we take a lot of pride in what we do. A lot of pride because we know the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into making a, a business work, whether yep. it's just you or it's you and 30 other people under you. Yep. So that's, uh, it drives me nuts. Yeah, which is, you know, which is, you know, for me, it was an instant no-go because one of our, one of our values in the business is integrity is what you do when no one's looking which is a lesson learned from my grandfather, um, you know, and uh, this was a man who could, he was a master carpenter. He could give you press board cabinets as he would call it. Today, we call it fake wood, um, but he could give you press board cabinets and, and have you believe they were hundred percent real wood. But he always said, you know, look, what if there's water damage? What if there's a fire? Uh, and now my integrity's on the line and for what? For one sale, no, thank you. There's a lot to be said about that too. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. So that, I so, don't know. It's, it's so those weird. companies, those companies starting with me that way, like it's just a no. It's just a no go. Oh, gets gets filed in the trash can right away. <laughs> didn't want to. Yep. Didn't want to hang those plaques, huh? Yeah, no, we don't hang those ones up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I feel like COVID, you know, kind of was a, you've heard me say it, it's, it was a blessing for a lot of business and a curse for others, right? It set us ahead 10 years. We're doing Zoom calls. Everybody's going virtual and other stuff. And now COVID's pretty much, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, you know, there seemed to be the barrier to, the, to entry into the entrepreneurial world became very, very, very low in a lot of markets and a lot of prog uh, professions because 
everything was going that virtual route. And I saw such a rash influx of shitty people. Like that, that's the best way I can put it. Like really shitty people. And, yeah. you know, you try to not fault them, but your, your grandfather, you know, like, like you said, like the integrity, like that, to me, that's everything. Yep. That's absolutely everything. I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in a person is only as good as their word. I don't want to put out a bad product. I want to see people grow. And I know you do. I mean, you're fantastic at helping people grow yeah. with the big ticket. Um, well, and, and I, I'm recalling uh, you, it was, it was post COVID. It was as we reopened when you bought, because we brought Lou back to help, uh, you know, our outlet store was a casualty of COVID and it was a good one. Right. Like this, that, this is yeah, it was, it was the, this, that sale. It was the going out of business sale. Yeah. yeah. Was, That's well, right. Store closing sale. Right. Yeah. We've, yeah. Store closing sale. We've never gone out yep. of business. And <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was actually a big part of buying it. Uh, when Ben and I went and got the SBA loan uh, to buy the business, that was a big, big thing with the, with the bank people that none of that would be used uh, in the store closing uh, on Roarstown Road sale because that would that would have been a real problem for them to to loan yeah. <laughs> to loan money on a going out of business purchase um but anyway uh i bring that up um you know one of the one of the ways that we've succeeded is by really kind of making sure our people are happy and doing the right thing maybe even when it wasn't deserved or earned but we would do the right thing so when you brought up the hot dog cart that sweet lou has it reminded me of it, it had to have been the store closing sale because when we uh, wrapped up the um, the first event he was at with us to grand open it, he'd done very well. It was like going to be his last event. And uh, we bonused him out to go to Hot Dog University uh, for, um, what is it? Uh, it's not Sabret, but what's the, what's the, uh, whatever brand, Vienna, Vienna beef, they have, like seven, 800 bucks, you go for two days and they train you on how to run a proper hot dog cart, a proper Chicago hot dog cart. And uh, so we gave them that as a separate check and said, you can cash this, but you got to give us your word that you're going and you're signing up and you're going to do this. You've talked about it long enough. We see the passion. We want to, we want to be a part of getting that started. So here it is. Um, and we've done things like that over the years, um, you know, so. That's, that's leading right there. Right. That is being a leader. That is exactly, yep. if I had to sum up good leadership and the best fucking leadership, it would be that story right there. Um, and it's so cool because like I remember him talking to us about it and and I follow Sweet Lou now. I've, I still have like one or two of the koozies he gave us as a bonus that he threw in for the mattress. Um, <laughs> and, yep. uh, you know, Sweet Lou is, he's grown. He's definitely grown. Like his, his cart has a following. People love like the little pop-ups that he does and everything. So that's, it's yep. so awesome to hear that you did that. Yep. What a, what are some other moments in, in your time being an owner and a, you know, I, I say the word boss, but you know, um, what, what are some other times that, you know, your, let's say your leadership skills were tested. Here's one, um, around Christmas, this might have been, well, it wouldn't have been Christmas Eve day. Cause we're, we've always been closed Christmas Eve day. Uh, it was, it was the week of Christmas. 
uh, we get a call. Um, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave details out because it's pretty heavy. We get a call from a local police department saying, "Hey, we think one of your um, delivery drivers uh, is involved in credit card fraud, and we need to have a conversation." because we had credit card fraud on our company card, not our customers' cards, my God, not our customers' cards, our company card. Uh, our machines actually don't store numbers. I've, I work every year to have our, our card company recertify that our machines do not store cards. Um, it's kind of a pain in the butt when we have to maybe refund somebody or you know do whatever, but um, yeah, for my peace of mind, I want no liability on fraud on that end, but um, so this, this, this gentleman, uh, you know, long story short, got involved with somebody involved in credit card fraud, ended up shacking up with her for a week at the Eden Resort. And that's, you know, because we had a $3,000 charge on our card at the Eden Resort. I'm like, did, yeah, I'm talking to Ben. Did you take your wife there for a week? I didn't take my wife there for a week. Like, what the hell's going on? Like, this is so weird. It's right in our backyard. Like I pass that every day driving in and uh, well, at least he was classy enough to go to the Eden and not the old host. Right, 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 <laughs> right. So this was like earlier in that year and we thought it was long dead. Uh, you know, Wells Fargo charged the back to us and everything was good. We moved on long forgotten ring, ring week of Christmas. We get this call. Uh, so long story short, um, he, he ends up copping to it and works with uh, law enforcement to, to, figure it out. Cause that was actually a pretty big fraud ring, I guess. And, uh, we, um, we still gave him his Christmas bonus. We had to let him go. Wow. But we still gave yeah. him his Christmas. We still gave him his Christmas bonus. You know, he still got paid for the hours he worked up until that day, but we, we had no choice, but to let him go, you know, yeah. and, you know, I use it. I kind of use a joking line of we do business in your bedroom when I'm at it, like a networking event. I'm like, yeah, I'm Jeff. I do business in your bedroom. Right. And it's a great way to kind of break the ice and get it, get some laughs. And, but I, I, I share with my team, especially our delivery team, like how important it is that we understand our position. Here comes two guys. Somebody's never met into their most personal private space in their house, maybe a room that their parents have never even been in. You know, um, like wow, think, about that. think about that. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't, I mean, I, I don't know, unless you're like into that, you don't really have friends in your bedroom, you know, no <laughs> judgment, just saying, um, you know, but it, it's not a focal point, right? Your, your friends come over, you're in the living room, the dining room, the kitchen. They, they might not even ever see your second floor. If you have a two, four home, they might not even see the far end where the bedrooms are. If you have a one, four home and, uh, it, it, it's a it's a very important thing to focus on for us uh, of how we conduct ourselves when we're in someone's home because it's a very personal private space. Yeah, I mean, like I said, your delivery guys were fantastic. I mean, yeah. absolutely fantastic. And you're right; I, I never thought about that, like just how personal the bedroom is. I mean, you know, uh, it's like it's like oh. Shit, yeah, that's pretty obvious, but it's not because it, you, I didn't even realize like, wow, my parents have never been in my bedroom. Right. Nobody goes into my bedroom but my wife or my kids. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. Some people's kids aren't even allowed. Right. That's the like, I had you know, you're not allowed to go in mom and dad's room. Right. Um, I desperately wish that was the case. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, so there's been there's been lots of times like we just actually filled everybody's freezer with a uh, 
a beef cow from Ironstone uh, Farms in Millersville. Um, you know, because steak is for closers, right? And it's a pretty cool <laughs> thing to do for your team. Um, you know, so we do that as a bonus in the summers. We obviously do the Christmas stuff, but uh, but yeah, I mean, things like that. Anytime, you know, um, you know, recognizing people like um, when we had that outlet store, man, it was so nice because there was like the framed art, sports art guys that were in there. Um, oh yeah. You know, my sales manager's big into Star Wars. He's, he'd been doing a great job stepping up. Uh, I forget the reason I got him this kick-ass star Wars thing that I knew he would like. Um, our other guy's a big Lakers fan. So I got him a cool framed art Lakers thing with all the Lakers greats over the years. Uh, I'm wow. not, I, I know Kobe was on there and I know magic Johnson was on there. Other than that, I, I'm not sure who else was on there. Cause I'm not a basketball guy, but uh, wow. it was very cool. Um, so things like that, like looking to find, like pay attention to what your people are into, you know, um, and and then surprise them. It's the best. It's the best investment you're going to make. I'm glad you mentioned that because, I mean, you know, for anybody that follows me on Facebook or social media, you know, I give away as much as I possibly can when it comes to value. Um, and one of the questions that I see pop up a lot, whether it's in my inbox, on my feed, in my email, and it's always how do I in incentivize, you know, how do I really motivate my guys to sell more, to work harder? And I'm like, well, first off, you know, you can't, I, I never say to just get one blanket thing, right? So if you got a whole workforce, don't just get them, you know, the jelly of the month club, you know, and like stupid right. shit like that. Right. Right. Uh, to quote the Griswolds. Um, and I said, find out, what each person's goals are, find out what their interests are. I said, get them something personal that shows that you're one, you actually give a shit. And two, that you yeah. actually listen to them. So it's great yeah. to hear that, that you did that for those people. I, I mean, my God, getting Kobe and magic on anything. That's whew. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I don't really have a lot of time to follow professional sports. So I pick one and that's football yeah. and I don't do any fantasy stuff. Uh, so, you know, hard for to me, do that without time. Yeah, right. So for me, it was just like, hey, okay. I, I went into that store. I'm like, what is the best Lakers piece you have here? And they show me. I'm like, done. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm sure he was happy. Mm -hmm. yep. Ooh, man. Yeah, and then and then drove across town um, after we closed and surprised them at the end of the day. That's awesome. Yeah. And I like just doing things like that, like little, little surprises like that. Like I've gone in on holidays, brought lunch in, you know, cause I don't have yeah. to work. I don't work in the store anymore, but our crew does. Right. So I've done things like that. I've, I've called in lunch, um, you know, just little things like that, that show you're taking the time out. You, you may not be there in person, but you are there in spirit with them. Yeah. That's, that's really good. I mean, you know, you see so many people, um, that are working to get into that, you know, that true ownership space that are, you know, to not to be cliche, but, you know, working on and not in, mm -hmm. um, you know, and once they get there, it's, it's so easy to get blinded and, and forget, like you only work on because of the people that you have in and you have yeah. to take that seriously. You have to. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy because, you know, you think of, I mean, we all see bad business. 
right? And you don't even have to be a consultant, coach, strategist, whatever anybody wants to call us. And everybody has had experiences with bad leaders, bad culture, bad core values, everything. And it's amazing how just the tiniest little tweaks can absolutely change the game for your business and for your crew. So, oh man, I've got like PTSD from all my times of being in bad business. I bad places. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're struggling with this and you want to get a, you know, a pulse of where maybe not your crew is at your team, but where generally society is at, um, go on Reddit and their anti-work subreddit. And I didn't even know there was one. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's eye-opening. Oh, that's gotta be a nightmare. It's eye-opening on both spectrums. It's eye-opening on employers who are just terrible people. And then it's eye-opening on the, the people who work there who, who can't get right with the fact that they are expected to uphold an obligation of you are there You've been hired for a job. Now, maybe that job gets expanded and the pay doesn't, the benefits don't. That's a different conversation. But, you know, if you're there to do the work and you're unwilling to participate in the risk, but also wanting to participate in 100% of the reward, well, that's just not, you know, that's like the old fable where the, the little animals all went to bake bread, but nobody wanted to bake the bread. And then everybody was hungry when the bed was, bread was made, right? Like, no, you didn't, you didn't do anything. You just watch me do all this, you know? Um, so it, it's good from both spectrums and, and to get, I spend probably more time on there than I should, but it really, it really is something that I pay attention to because if you're going to have teams around you, you got to make sure they're happy and you got to look at, you know, free pizza Friday is, isn't going to cut it anymore. You know, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> they don't care. They're like, I'll go get, you know, pay me more. I'll buy my own pizza. It, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, I'm going to have to, I, I know I'm going to go down a rabbit hole on that thread tonight, but I'm, I'm going to find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anti-work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Just man. Google Reddit anti-work sub and you should find it. Um, <laughs> which, which has a, it's just in addition to that, I mean, if you're looking for anything, uh, tapping into forums where people gather online, you know, Facebook groups, you know, there's, you know, if, if you were into, uh, you know, like I just got myself a Polaris slingshot as a toy to drive around and have fun in. Um, yeah, that, that thing got me banned on Facebook for a comment. Oh, yeah. That's, what'd you say? You, you I, terrible person, you. I know. I said you were talking with. I, I can't. It was it was a friend of ours and the slingshot was brought up and I was like, you just wait till I beat your ass on my own slingshot. Um, and that, right. that was it. That was it. That's and right, 10 man. minutes you're later, you're violent. Yeah. 10 minutes later, I was banned for a month. I was uh, like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Yep. Yep. But if you listen to, to, to uh, Zuckerberg on the Joe Rogan podcast, his uh, perfect algorithms shouldn't, shouldn't have that happen. You know what? Kevin, Kevin texted me that. And I still haven't watched it and, and or heard yeah. it. I sent it, I sent it to my social media manager. Um, it was, uh, it was an interesting podcast because 80% of it was that like he would say something and it's like, that is the opposite of what actually happens. Um, wow. but here, here's where I did find inspiration. And he's like, you know, cause he was asked, well, what gets you excited? What, you know, what, what moves you at this point in time? You have a software that half the globe uses, <laughs> like 
you have market penetration on half the globe. Pick a hemisphere, you know, like it's just incredible, right? Um, and he said this, he's like, I get excited about projects. Uh, so he comes up with a new project for himself and it might be a one-year project, a five-year project. He's got a big, big project goal of, uh, of um, uh, having technology cure disease, um, which is a big one. And, uh, but that was a very interesting moment in that show. And it kind of lit some light bulbs off for me of, of how I, you know, my operating system what I do and, and how I invigorate myself into the various things I'm either involved with, have holdings in or uh, coach into, consult into. So it's, it's, it was That's, a very interesting moment. That, that is interesting. So if I'm following you, he doesn't necessarily have like, at, at this point, um, true business goals. It's just yeah, projects that exactly. he wants to do. Yeah, like he's, he doesn't put his finger on the pulse of user growth. Or, you know, what are we doing about, you know, how good or not good is our misinformation fact checking team? He, you know, it, it's that's all irrelevant to him at this point. He, he, yeah, has, and I think he has teams and teams of people to manage that. Um, for him, it's about projects. I mean, when you when you think of Zuckerberg and, and so I don't know. Did you see the, the movie? Um, shit. How the hell can I not remember the name of that movie? The Social Experiment. Th thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Um, that I, I saw that before I even had a, an inkling of being an entrepreneur. I saw it when it first came out, which, shit, I'm getting old. Um, and you watch it, and he just, Facebook was a project. Yeah. It, it was a project. Wow. It was a project campus by campus yeah and then it was a project demographic by demographic and then it became a social media that everybody had access to what you know here's here's where you you know integrity is what you do when no one's looking and uh you might edit this out you might not it's up to you i'm gonna say it either way because we're not live so i know you can edit it but you the, clearly the, have not entire, listened to any of my episodes. The I don't know. ethos of Mark Zuckerberg is in, is in disarray and direct contradiction to himself because he says Facebook is about building communities and connecting people in a positive mm -hmm. way. Well, that's total bullshit because it started as hot or not. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a software, a place to gather to rank women on their looks. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you know, you don't get to make a statement like that without saying, you know, it began really bad. Every time he says that, he should say, I am disappointed in myself with how this began, but I'm happy with where it is and where it's going. But he doesn't say that because he wants you to forget. They want you to forget. Yeah. They want you to forget because it's in direct contradiction of all of the positions they take today. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, when I, when I look can, back, you can take good Jeff, and bad from people and, you know, the project, uh, well, was yeah. great, but, but a lot, a lot of it, it was a good show either way, but you think of, I mean, think of what all the rage was back then. That's, that's exactly what all the rage was. It was the hot or nots. It was the, I mean, this is long before Tinder, but that's, yeah, 
Wow. I, I never, I never even thought about it, but Grant, I haven't watched Zuckerberg enough to actually like listen yeah. to an interview with him. Um, but well, I, I mean, I, I mean, you that. have to admire what he's built. You have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. look, I said it. There's no doubt. I mean, the 50% global market share. Uh, it's, you know, it's a standard. There, there, there's companies that play cute with marketing math and might be able to print that and, and have everybody agree to it with like the asterisk little sword icon, the L, the one, the two, this, the star two, the star three, and then half the ad is all the fine print. Well, when we said 50% global market share, we meant 50% in these major markets, which if you pay attention to this financial report, they only pay attention to those major markets, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, no, Facebook's 50% global market share. They have three and a half billion users. It's just insane, insane numbers. That's, I just read that TikTok, like I think I, I just read it today, TikTok just hit a billion users too. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, which, it's, it's one which of those- is a, Which is an interesting lesson because- Facebook being three and a half billion is, yeah, you're not talking three and a half times bigger on a hundred thousand people. <laughs> you're talking three and a half times bigger with a B billions, but TikTok's making Facebook work. I, I think TikTok's eating their lunch. So I, like I you, can never, not... you can never, you can never, you can never rest. No, you can't. And, you know, we can all talk about the, you know, the metaverse and, you know, I guess it's not Facebook, it's meta. And I have an Oculus, but I guess now it's a meta quest. Um, I don't even know what that is. It's, it's a VR headset. Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, obviously Zuckerberg, Facebook, the umbrella that is Facebook slash meta is just a juggernaut. Um, but TikTok it's coming it's it's moving pretty quick yeah i mean yeah. to hit a billion users yeah there's still two billion behind facebook but i feel like it didn't take tiktok overly long to to hit a billion yeah um well i mean i think fantastic you know, platform yeah i mean i think for anybody listening you know we've been on this little tear about zuckerberg and maybe you don't care maybe you do but the lesson's appropriate you might be a big fish. Like for me, the thing I fear most is having Lancaster newspaper reach out and say, you are awarded favorite, not winner. Cause that's how they, you know, we're, we're at this point in our world where, where it's harmful to say you got first place and they got second. <laughs> I fear getting second. So I ain't ever going to rest. Okay. Not going to happen. So Let's. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I I think that as entrepreneurs, if you don't have a truly competitive spirit, you're not going to go as, as far as you should. Um. Right. So when I won the sorry, I have a partner now. When we won the Central Penn Business Journal's um, <clears throat> best executive coach in, in Central PA. I was so happy. I was excited. I was like, I won. And I, I beat out some big names, names that I never thought I would even be mentioned with, like the local Sandler office, like a few of the other big name consulting companies in central PA. And I beat them. Yep. I was also nominated in another category. Now I was top three. I didn't win. 
And as happy as I was for winning executive coach, that you want it all. Ate, oh, it ate me alive. I, I even messaged the guy who won, and it's the Sandler guy. Um, I mean, not far from your store, so you know who I'm talking about. And I said, I said congratulations. Looks like we're one and one this year. We'll see what happens next year. Yep. I, oh, it drove me nuts. It drove yep. me nuts. Yeah, yeah I mean. That, that for- terrifies me, too. Yeah, for me, we actually got some news uh, in the last two weeks that, you know, on paper, uh, if you know the mattress industry with the depth of experience that I do, on paper, 14 should be a lock because the two the two stores that get, you know, number two, and I think they only list two, the winner and then a favorite, you know, first and second place. Uh, or if you're real hardcore, first and first place loser anyway. Um, but uh, uh the, the people that have battled out with us and, they, and they're good operators, they're good stores, but they have decided to go both uh, one name brand only. They've gone back to it. And um, that's detrimental to customer satisfaction and happiness. I'm not, we don't need to belabor it. Uh, just, you know, trust me when I say it, it's fact. And it makes us, it makes our job easier it doesn't mean I'm going to rest. All it means is the divide's going to be wider, which is what I want. I love it. All right, well, Jeff, this this hour has absolutely flown by. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're you're definitely going to be back on because this was like okay. I've been doing these interview series now for a good bit, and I've got enough content. This podcast is scheduled out to late next year, um, so I just dropped these guest interviews randomly and then i keep pushing stuff out and it's been a good bit since we had just a real raw bare bones business discussion and i loved it able to have brought it yeah i'm I'm glad you did brought it yeah (laughs) um so jeff please tell my listeners where they can get a hold of you until they see you next time and yeah. You will be on the stage at the Slaymaker Success Summit. So yep. your sponsor and the speaker, I That's cannot right. fucking wait. But please yeah, getting, drop I'm your socials. Excited. Where can we see you? Well, you know, I'm a Facebook guy, LinkedIn. Uh, I dabble on Instagram. I will never go on TikTok. Uh, ideologically, just not my thing. Um, so easiest way to connect with me is just go to thejeffg.com. I do a lot of things. I've got the mattress store. I've got a little software licensing business. Um, uh, the signer 57 clothing, um, big ticket life. So, and then there's some other things I advise on go to thejeffg.com and there's real easy buttons. You just, it's kind of like choose your own adventure books. Remember those in middle school, like the Hardy boys need to go down the tunnel or, or climb the roof, right? Like pick your own (laughs) adventure. And that's how you connect to me. Thejeffg.com. Real simple. Beautiful. Jeff, thank you again very much. You're going to be back on many, 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 many times. So for those of you listening, I hope you had fun. Reach out to Jeff. He is an absolute killer and he has tons of knowledge that he loves to share. So I will see everyone next week. Thanks for joining us this week on Slaying the Sale. If you're interested in knowing more about Kyle, make sure you head over to his website, theslaymakermethod.com and pick up a copy of his best-selling books. Then head to Facebook to join his private group, Slaymaker Sales Mastery to become the number one salesperson in your company. And until next time, remember to keep slaying the sale.